Good evening. I'm coming to you this evening, October the 3rd, 2011. A couple weeks ago, during worship time and service here in Kentucky, the Lord brought me across one of the minor prophets, uh, Hoshea. And he had me stop when I was reading, when I got to chapter 6, where the Lord was describing how his people once again strayed for him. And he described the situation that he himself was seeing. Showed me a couple of things. One, basically what he is seeing, at least in part, if not in completion, or worse, here in America. And we ourselves have been so blinded trying to retain our things uh, or standing before man or whatever that we have been letting the moral decay of our nation go, and especially that of the body of Christ go. We have not cared for ourselves. It's like when we don't exercise or we don't walk or we don't get up off the sofa after we eat or off our chairs or even from our desks. We we get fat. And we become almost like a sluggard. That was like an additional message. Not sure where that came from. But when I got the verse 6 of chapter 6 of Hoshea. This is the NASB. And I kind of like this version. When I look at the other. When I look at King James. And the New King James. They have the term mercy. And yes it's similar and it works. But I believe the Lord wants us to see it in the NASB. Let me read it to you. It's, For I delight, I is the Lord, in loyalty rather than sacrifice, and in the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Now back then the Israelites were loyal to you know everything but God. They started out on fire for God. And then as they became comfortable in the temple and in the religious settings and then in their own tents, individual tents with their families, earthly families. They grew separate from each other, the family of God, and they drew even more separate from God. Their loyalty strayed to themselves. We look at John seventeen three, for God says, this is eternal life. And it's to know God in Jesus Christ. Even in First Colossians chapter one, not First Colossians, Colossians chapter one. Sorry about that. Nine through twelve, which is supposed to be the prayer that we all should be praying. I mean, I prayed this diligently for the Lord's young people, and still do, but not as diligently as I did, and that is my bed. Uh, and is that they come to the full knowledge of Almighty God and the Lord Jesus, and that they grow in His knowledge and His grace, and that, and in His will, which is to know the Father. I mean, we are blessed people, God. 
to have the only God that wants a relationship with his creation and want I mean a relationship, a loving relationship, a relationship to you married individuals supposed to have with your wives. That one's even come to the uh but when that relationship with God fails or takes a back seat, we don't understand it. We don't realize it. Every other relationship will eventually fail. Completely. And that includes relationship wives and even the church relationship. We get it, but let's focus on that word loyalty. And I kind of wrote this in the uh, margins of the Bible, so it's kind of hard to read, so bear with me a little bit. Do your own like I did in the uh, Webster's Dictionary. I used, Esau's got a, uh, the original Webster's back in the 1800s, so that I believe is the most accurate one, not this Fox Webster's that we have now. But it's like faithfulness to either a person or a community group. When we think just what loyalty means in that sense, I also having a roll down in the margin that this is supposed to be an essential ingredient in any civilized and humane system of morals. I mean, look at the morals in the nation now. I mean, gay marriages are having their way. I mean, they marched right in because what we do, our loyalty seems to be towards the earthly government instead of the government of God. And yes, God commands us to that, but not to the point of disobeying Him. I mean, we write letters, we call our congressmen. When we don't like a tax issue, we write letters, we... Uh, or something that harms our comfortableness, we call our politicians and think if we make a lot of noise. People of God, we're not supposed to be doing that. We get on our knees and praise God, first of all, when we're suffering for the cause of Christ, when we're persecuted. Um, it's like that pastor in Iran that got falsely accused of, you know, blasphemy, I think it was. Uh, and who all read recently that uh, he would not get put to death out there. That was God's hand, and that was our prayers for him. But it it used to be that we would try and get them out of that situation. God called him to be a pastor right in the midst of Iran. We need to be praying for the ministry that God gave him to do. There are still people dying in that country and we ourselves, we as Americans, no longer have any favor or very much favor in any other country. Our own country is rapidly going to hell. Our own people in our own nation are dying without Jesus. And what are we concerned about? Money. How much money we can make. Oh, we're feeding our family. We obey God. He's going to meet that need. Period. Not that we can't work hard enough. To have, we, can, we think by being loyal to our earthly bosses that we're gonna, that we can be successful and then we'll be able to provide all the things that our spouses want. 
Our spouses want that. We don't have a godly spouse. Period. End of story. I stick with that one because that's biblical and that's scriptural. The only thing we should need is Jesus. And glorify Him in every area. Yes, in our work, I praise God for the daily. And it's His strength that enables me to work harder or as hard than most of the workers in this factory. Sometimes I find myself falling into the complaining area when I see that and I ended up I always end up apologizing later when I come through. But yes, I'm thankful for the work. I know it's temporary. It's like the work in a ministry that's temporary, but our focus does not need to be on how many people you can put in a group, a new youth group, or in a ministry, or in a senior ministry. How many people you can bring into the church. That is, should never be the goal. That is not the goal of God. That should not be our goals. Our goal should be disciple making. Not mentoring. These agencies, these organizations that are taking money from the government and from the people of God and even the non-people of God so we mentor so we can keep kids supposedly keep kids out of prison or off the streets and out of gangs and to be successful in college that's not successful in God's eyes all that stuff is frivolous to God all we got to do is present to them and live before them the gospel of Jesus Christ, that will keep them out of gangs. That will keep them off the streets. When they are growing in the Lord Jesus and then making disciples, we need to be teaching them that yes, there will be some that will hate them. There will be some, there may even be someone out there that may stab them for the cause of Jesus. I hope not, I pray not for any of the young people that's on the God has entrusted to be under my watch. But if that's his will, we do not want to get in the way because we are fighting. We are like Jacob at that point fighting God. And you know as well as I do, we will lose. So people got to get back to loyalty. That's Our first loyalty has to be to God. It should never and then the family of God. The people of God should be our loyalty. Yes, our spouses. Hopefully, all y'all are blessed to have a sister in Christ. She is, for you men of God, and you are men of God. I really believe this on my heart. I love you all. She is first and foremost a sister in Christ. Not a wife. And you know as well. Matter of fact better than I do. Because you are much more a man of God than I am. I mean. I can. The you know, closer I get to Jesus. I, I don't even see myself as a man of God at this point. I mean I see somebody that's a love of God. I see me. I don't see me knowing him. Like I truly desire. I truly want to know him. Truly want to fall in love with Jesus. I got temptations. I got distractions. But I know. That I know. That I know. That he's got his hand on me. He's got a call on my life. And I must fulfill this call. I must run this race. I'm weary. I'm tired. 
I have need that is causing me not to go any further and this need yes it was caused by me because I didn't listen before I've given it to him I've repented of it I've turned back says Lord show me what I should I should be having he showed me I mean I am caught up with religion saying oh well God only helps those that help themselves I am I get so sick of hearing that false teaching. I want to say stop listening to the devil. Stop being loyal to the devil. We need to stop that loyal to the devil. When we look at that word Lord again and we compare some other scriptures. Let's look at the Pharisees over in John chapter 40, 12, 42 and 43. I'm sorry. John 12, 42 and 43. It's like they were secret believers amongst the Pharisees because they were more loyal to man than they were God. Let me ask you a question. Are you more loyal to that man that's in your pulpit? If you are that man that's in the pulpit, are you more loyal to those elders that surround you or to that flock that's before you than you are to God? Are you more loyal to that particular church group, that particular culture, that particular job, then you are to God. Are you more loyal to that house or that particular denomination than you are to God? What is your loyalties? If God stripped all that away from you right now, would it shake up your whole current life? For a while. Because God can do that. Don't forget. We have a loyal God. And he's a loving God. But he's also a jealous God. And I don't say that the bad way. We got to think. If we're jealous out there. When we were. You know. When you gentlemen were. Uh, dating your wives. Well. Before. Uh, obviously they weren't wives then. When you were dating out there. If somebody looked at her. Some of you got a little jealousy. I was engaged. And if somebody looked at, if somebody looked at Susan, I got jealous. I know what that jealousy is. Our God is stronger than jealousy. When something or someone is attacking us or trying to draw us away, our God knows how to uh, come between us and take it away and move them away. Our loyalties gotta get back on God, people of God. This nation will go down. It must go down. It's in the scriptures. Every nation will turn against Israel. The nation of Israel. Not, not the land. Yes that is the land. We know that. God set foot on it. Himself through Christ Jesus. And in Christ Jesus. And he anointed that land. That was the land. But it was. That still ain't fully the promised land yet. We ain't seen the promised land yet. We know it exists. We can turn to Revelation in the book and see where it's at. But God's eyes are still on Israel. And he is turning his eyes back. We know this for a fact. We know the temple will be built, but God will not set foot in it. It will be Satan that will sit Satan himself that will sit down in it and declare he's God. Uh, even when I read that, I mean... That's a scary thought. 
we see we already see God's hand putting his people in putting his chess players into play. And he's fixing it coming very close to yelling checkmate. I think y'all know how to play chess. God's loyalty will be to his people. His wrath will be poured out. We know this. He does have a wrathful side. He's got a loving side that's more bigger. He doesn't want to see anybody perish. He gives us chance after chance after chance to repent and turn back towards him. Eventually, he tells us in Romans chapter 1 what will happen to those that are disloyal. That we continue in the disloyalty. Do we remember people of God? The majority of Israelites have been told that they will turn away. They will not repent and turn back towards God. Isn't that Zechariah? I don't know. I think it's one of the minor prophets. I don't recall. But as far as your loyalties, let's look at some of the things we are loyal to. I think I said some of them already. We could be loyal to a particular man or puppet. We could even be loyal to a culture. We are the culture now. When we accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and He come inside and started His pruning work, that is our new heritage. That is our new culture. We are a new nation. We are a new people. We are set apart. We are no longer part of the old culture we were for. We need to stop reaching back to that culture. What does God tell us about those who put their hand on the plow and look back? You're useless to the uh, to the purposes of God. I've been so tempted so many times to look back. The enemy still gets me to look back and see all the financial mistakes I've made. He's very good at bringing up the past that's under. Somehow he sees it. He sees the past out there. And we see it. But God says once we confessed it. And he's forgiven us for it. It's gone. It's written away. As far as the east is from the west. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh hallelujah. Just Let's get happy here on that one people God. But I love you. We're loyal to things. We can be loyal to cars. We are so stupid in America. And I'm not saying we as in any one of us. But we are so stupid in America. We will overpay for an RV. We will overpay for a house. We will, We are actually far for the lie to think that our homes can always be worth more. And then the next person that buys it, they can make a profit for it. There's going to be a cap on stuff. We are always thinking we can start a business and then 10 years down the road, we don't even know if we're going to be around 10 years. God tells us don't even look at tomorrow. Tomorrow will have its own issues. Look for today. That's our loyalty. We're not loyal to today. We're not looking at the opportunity. We're not looking to the people hurting around us. We're not looking to the oppressed as God is. We're not looking to you. Know, we don't even know how to have mercy. It's probably the reason King James uses the term mercy instead of loyalty there. We are merciful. We want to be merciful to ourselves first, then to our earthly family, which is only temporary, then to the people of God if there's any excess. God doesn't want our excess. He's tired of it. I mean, He owns it all anyways. And He's going to take it all back. One or the other. We're going to be judged for what we did in His, in His name on that day. Praise God, it's not for salvation's sake or going to hell or not. That's already been taken care of at the cross. But do we know we're going to stand before Jesus and those eyes that are flaming fire are going to burn up all the chafe, going to burn up the wood, going to burn up what we 
what we've been doing and the stuff that is not done in His name is going to burn up. Only those things will last. The disciple making, the disloyalties towards the people of God, the disloyalties toward reminding the church where she stands. She's seated in heavenly places. People of God were the bride of Christ. Our loyalty is to the Him first and to His bride. Getting us ready, making sure we're one eye is kept on Him saying, Is He coming yet? Hup. We got another lost prisoner. Oh, we got a brother over here that's straying. We got a sister in Christ that's dabbling in the wrong areas. We got to go bring her back in. We got to go put our arm around her, you ladies of God, and says, Hey, are you sure God said that? Let's pray. I don't believe God wants you to be there. Man of God, we used to be that. We used to do that. We used to go. If we see a young man, there's many times God has woken me up in the middle of the night to either call or pray for somebody. You don't know. You may be call, God may have you call somebody, call a brother or sister that's down as low as they can go and ready to commit suicide. He may have you call somebody, call them up at the right hour and says, I know it's late. I don't understand that God put your name upon my heart, but we got to get back to hearing His voice clearly again. We got to go back to hearing that so we can know that we are being shook down, shook up, and shook down. We should be thankful for that. We should be let God strip us of anything that's taking our loyalty away from Him. I mean, we are loyal to things. We are loyal to automobiles, having the best. We think it's God's blessing to have the best. I didn't say God wants us to have unnecessary junk, but who are we to call something junk where they may not be junk? Somebody may need cash and need to get out of a home to move forward so they can move forward in God. And they may want one of us to purchase something from them to keep them afloat. Somebody may need us to buy a used house, a used vehicle to say, I just need to be rid of it. I need to move. I got a job offer in another state, but I can't go without this house. They may need one of us or one of our friends or associates or brothers or sisters to say, hey, I got the perfect person that can have the house. They're looking for a house. Or do they need a place to stay. Here, buy it for them. That person's got out. That person can move forward to God. I just use those as an example. Where's our loyalties? Our loyalties on what we can make the money at. For you know, we think we have to make money for ourselves. We think we have to work harder. We think we have to be loyal to the bosses. I've witnessed in a six-month period here through Amazon, there were people that were this company for ten. 15, maybe even 20 years. I mean, that's not loyalty. They worked hard. They worked when they could. I mean, they trained people. For what? They're terminated. They got dismissed. Because they didn't agree with the new management. The new boss. The new thing. Employers want us to be loyal to them. They don't want hard workers anymore. I mean, you can be committed to your job and be a hard worker without being loyal. If we know what's wrong. We know some of the things on these new managers are doing are wrong. 
and we should not be loyal to that incorrect thing where it's going to push people out. You think corporations today are loyal to states when they give them tax incentives or towns or communities? No. They'll invest all that money. Look at the number of empty buildings drive for you in Charlotte, North Carolina. I grew up in the northeast in a small town, Milltown. I mean, they built all these plants. They had all these employees. When the revenue sources went down, you think they were loyal to the town? You think they cared that the buildings were left? No. We got empty buildings laying all around in the, in the community, in the county where I grew up. You can drive around Charlotte, almost any part of the city. Drive around behind the stadium, by Panthers, behind Panther Stadium. Look at the number of empty warehouses, the number of empty streets. And what do we want to do? We want to build new buildings. We think we had to have them. Those buildings are perfectly good. They make a good church, a good ministry center. We want to get people out the street, get them into there. We don't have to build a new building. There's a lot of old buildings that are still viable, that are still there. And they, they don't need very much structural work to do. You can ask the wrong people. You can ask the those that are loyal to the construction companies that make their money on new builds. And they'll say, oh, well, it's got asbestos. We have no proof there's asbestos. If God tells us to purchase that building, God ain't going to put us in an unsafe building. We know this. Unless he's got a particular ministry purpose. But it will survive. If God wants us to see, we don't, we're loyal to a particular side of town even. A particular country club. A particular group of people. We got people dying in the inner cities here. Nobody goes to them. We're loyal. We're so loyal to our own individual, our old culture, our fleshly cultures, that we don't see the sins that are being committed in church. We see people singing and dancing. You see, the central is every church in America, or almost every church in America, probably even every church. I was probably right the first time. That are loyal to a particular church, they jump up and down for Jesus. And then once they go out the door, that mm, they don't see nothing no more. They don't hear the Lord. I mean, they're blind. They're blind to the decay. They're blind to the sin. They're blind to the mold. They're blind to those people that are caught up in that sin. They won't go to them. They won't step out. Oh, no, I'm not going to step to him. We figure if we bring them into our church, that is nowhere in Scripture. To be that loyal to a church where, oh, we're only get saved if you bring him out of church. If you bring him into our prayer group, pray for him right down the street. If you're in Harris Theater, pray for him right there. If you're at work, you stop what you're doing, you pray for him right there. If they need a word from God and God gives you a word to give to him and you're at work on the phone out there with him, you give him a word right there. You don't have to bring him into your church to hear the word of God. We are the word of God, the living word of God. The living word of God is inside us. Christ is inside us now. He's dwelling in us. This is his home. This is his church. This is his temple. We walk it every day. We live it every day. When the body's resting, he's not. He's pruning. He's cutting. He's cutting loose. He's got some stuff a hole in me. He's cutting now. Some of that cutting hurts. Some of that stings. Some of the stuff that I've been loyal to all my life. I've just gotten used to all my life. He's got a hole of it and he's pruning it out. I praise him for it. Sometimes I fight them because it hurts. It's like pulling a tooth. 
You want to struggle a bit when you're sitting in there. Some of the stuff that we're loyal to, God wants to get it out of our life. Pull it out. Extract it. But we're so loyal to it, we'll fight them. We'll fight them to hurts. And do we actually know how foolish that is to fight God? We know we're going to lose. And it's for our benefit, not our hurt. I mean, we got to stop being loyal to our homes, put, invest all these times into an earthly home when the eternal home is dying around us. When the we get, We're all members of a body now that's being built up. We are not the builders of that body. We are members of it. When one member of the body hurts, you stub your physical toe on something, your brain's gonna, gonna let your body know that, wait a minute, we got an injury somewhere. Hopefully, unless it's so numb, we can come to that place. Bible says our conscience can be seared with like a hot iron. Hot, hot iron. So like a hot iron, I believe the word is in the New Testament. We can become so insensitive to the sins around us, we become so used to them. Then at that point, I, I forgot what it's called, but it's, there is a particular ailment where somebody can cut themselves and they don't feel the pain anymore. Oh, I can't. Uh, one of your brothers and sisters, help me with the word. You know you've heard it. I mean, it's it's a... I think it's supposed to be a common ailment. I'm not sure. But it's like, we can become that way. We can get so used to a particular church body, comfortable there, loyal to it there, instead of loyal to God, when somebody struggles in the sin, in a sin, then we don't see it. And then we'll let it go on. When a little bit of leaven comes into your church, we want to just cast it out and throw it out. It may just be somebody's got a stronghold that needs brothers or sisters of Christ to come around and pray. And like God to God, don't remove the person, remove the sin. Cut it out. It may just be we got unsaved members still sitting in our church, a particular worship group, fellowship group. We need to get back to fellowship. We got members that have a need. We got extra stuff laying around our house that could belong to a brother, sister, or Christ. They may have a need for it. We may have th- we may have twenty eight cars. We may have a motorhome or an RV that's sitting around in a storage which we're never going to use except for once a week, a year, or two weeks a year that can go to a homeless person, a homeless family. That could use that. It says, here, go get the job God needs you to get. If they're not saved, well, lead them to the Lord. Watch the Lord save them. That's our loyalties. Our loyalties got to be to the lost. Our loyalties got to be to the people of God. Our loyalties got to be back to God. And letting Him use us the way He designed us to be used. We are not to have no dependence upon, upon ourselves. Upon our checkbooks. Our checkbooks even need to be indicating where our loyalties are. What are we writing checks for every month? Or having automatic withdrawals, whatever. Are we only loyal to one job? You're loyal to one job, people again? You're going to lose that job. Someday. When that time has come for that door to close, God's going to close that door. 
And if you're not grabbed in his hand, you're going to get caught shell-shocked. That's why I guess another reason, God, this is just coming to me right now, God doesn't want us to have mortgages. Because we never know how long we're going to be in an area. If God wants us to have a home, he'll provide the cash somehow, or he'll provide the home. There's other brothers and sisters out there that have been blessed financially to be a blessing for others only. They live in a very humble home. Central, I don't know the gentleman, but Central's got one. I mean, he has a viable business, but he lives in a very humble home. Didn't buy a home for the value of what he makes. Him and his wife agreed, no, that's not what God wants. God would rather have us bless others than ourselves. Do we know we get blessed when we bless others? When we meet others' needs? We need to be the first loyal responders there. When somebody's hurting in America, we need to, we used to be that way in America years ago. The old farms. Farmers help each other out. I mean, they weren't that close as neighbors, obviously, because of the size of the farms. But when one, when one man got hurt, the other men not only took care of their farms, they went over and took care of that uh, brother farmer's farms too. Because it was the right thing to do. They couldn't have when harvest time came. Harvest time is here, brothers and sisters. It's before us right now. You got children to die. You got somebody that you got people such as myself that are called to be sent into the darkest points of this world. We can't shine the light if we're in the body of Christ, if we're loyal, if we're loyal to a particular church. Because if you got light all around, you ain't gonna see the light. His light needs to be going into the darkest recesses of this nation. And right now, the nation is getting darker instead of lighter. Why is that? Because our loyalties are incorrect. Our loyalties are no longer a guide. We're not letting him to be the... We have put bushes over us as lampstand. We are not that light. We keep wanting to throw out, misuse the wrong scripture where it says we are lights. We are the lampstands, actually. The light is inside of us. The light is Jesus Christ. We need to be going out there. We need to have our loyalties faced on God. We need to be light in our workplaces. We need to be light in our communities. We need to be light in our homes, even. Because there are situations. We need to make sure that when Satan comes after or you men of God that are married, when Satan comes after while you're working, comes after your wife, she may, may be a woman of God, but you're going to come after her, but she's still the weaker vessel. God designed that for a purpose. So that you, we need to stand out when she says something like, Eve said to Adam, and says, Ooh, that, with that apple looks good. Let's get that apple. We need to be one standing there saying, Honey, you know God told us not to eat out that tree. And we're not going to eat out that tree. It's for a purpose. Period. Adam should have been a man of God that he was meant to be. He was designed to be. And he should have stood up and said, No, this is what God says. We're not going to eat that apple. We're not going to eat the fruit of that tree. we got plenty of other trees here that are beautiful and they're perfect. That are awesome. That's the way we need to be. We need to get back at that. We need to learn from that mistake from our first father. 
earthly father. We can remember, we're all descendants of Adam and Eve. So basically, we're all brothers and sisters through them. Because those are the first two humans on earth. They had that blessing, but they also had that curse that they brought with them when they sinned. So, we've been brothers and sisters for longer than any of us could even fathom. And when you start living like siblings, when you start living like brothers and sisters, we need to get back to the loyalty. We need to remember, we're eternal brothers and sisters now. And now we're in Christ. We're born again. Praise God for it. That loyalty needs to be towards eternity first. And when you look at your wife, you look at her both ways. You look at her, and ladies, when you look at your husband, you look at him both ways. As first and foremost, a brother in Christ Jesus. Then as a husband. And husbands, you look at your wife the same way. Christ is the head. Each of us got a personal responsibility. I saw something when I was writing my dissertation for a bachelor's degree that I don't recall seeing before. And I'm going to share it with you. Um, when it says the husband is the head of the wife. As Christ is the head of the church. Notice he didn't say the man is the head of the woman. Because in that realm we are equal in Christ Jesus. There is none higher than another. We are all equal. There's not a culture. There's not a uh, nation that's higher than another in God's eyes. We are all a level plane. Yes, we're higher than the lost in the world. Because we have been raised up. But we should not get that mentality. We need to be servants. We need to be humble thinkers. We need to be loyal. To God first. And let Him use it. That's what we need to be. We need to love one another. That's where the loyalty comes in. That's where the mercy comes in. When we get back to that loyalty. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you when you show us our errors. Thank you when you're chasing us. Thank you, Lord, that you love us enough that you do chasing us. Because that, that confirms that we are truly children of yours. When we, Father God, forgive us for our disloyalty. Our loyalties in the wrong areas. Forgive us for our loyalties to the things of the earth. Instead of to the things of you, Almighty God. You are Abba Father. You are Lord Jesus. You are our Prince of Peace. You are Redeemer. You are our salvation. You are eternity. Father God, may we grow in your knowledge. May we grow in the knowledge of you, Almighty God, and of you, Lord Jesus. I pray for these brothers and sisters, Father God, and I even lift myself up in prayer, Father God, with these brothers and sisters. I pray that you will touch us, that you will continue to prune us, that you will continue to help us to turn our loyalties back to you. I pray for strength. I pray for strength in our households. I pray for a hedge of protection against all the marriages that are out there, Father God. I pray, Father God, that your name be lifted up in the households. Your name be lifted up in the workplaces again. Your name be lifted up in the homes and the communities. I pray for the lost, Father God. I pray that you will bring many, many into the family of God and we will welcome them. Say, hi, brother, or hi, sister. Welcome to our family, Father God. Oh, and I pray that that you will teach us to be loyal to you and be loyal to one another, Father God. I pray that we remember the two commandments. To love you with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And to love one another. 
our neighbors as ourselves. Didn't say better, didn't say worse than ourselves. But I pray that you will continue to show us. You will continue to grow in you. I pray for strength. I pray for financial well-being and protection. Father God, put a hedge of protection around everyone's checkbooks during his economic stand. Father God, I pray that our loyalties not fully be for I pray for hard work, that you get glorified in the workplace, but I pray that our loyalties are with you first and not with man. Father God, it is not based on just a church building or on a denomination or on a particular church fellowship when it's the whole. I pray for our brothers and sisters that are being persecuted for your namesake. Some of them, many of them are dying for your namesake. We know we will see them and their rewards are great in heaven. Will be great in heaven, Father God, on that day, Father God. I pray for protection for their families. I pray for many souls to be saved in those nations through that persecution, through that suffering, Father God. And I pray for what you are, for the shaking that you are doing here in America, Father God. Whatever our loyalties are, I pray that you will remove those things from us. You will shake those things from us so we're not attached to it. I pray that we're going back to just being stewards, but not attaching ourselves to the things of this world. May our hand be strongly and firmly in your hand. And I'm standing on the promises and I'm praying on the promise that you said no one or nothing will can take us from your hand or the Father's hand. In Jesus' name. Love you